and welcome to Myth Monsters. My name is Erin and I'll be your host for these little snack bite-sized podcasts on folklore and mythical monsters from around the world. These podcasts focus on the actual cryptids, folklore and mythic monsters from global mythology, rather than focusing on the full stories of heroes and their big adventures. I'll also be dropping in some references that they have to recent culture and where you can see these represented in modern day content so that you can learn more and get as obsessed as I am about these absolute legends of the mythological world. Welcome to season four of Myth Monsters. This is technically our third year of the podcast, but it's season four and there will be some really cool things coming, I do assure you. It is our three year anniversary on the 25th of March and I do have some secrets and there'll be some fun around that time too, I promise. In other news though, I had a lovely festive break. I'm starting a new job next week, so it is all very busy in the Myth Monsters household at the moment. I hope you had a lovely festive holiday, and let's get straight back into the monsters. So, where are we heading for our first episode of the new season? Well, not really anywhere in particular, to be honest. This monster is from all over the world, but is the most prevalent within Western cultures. Yes, we are looking at the dental queen herself, the Tooth Fairy. So, most of us have heard of this little fairy who comes to visit when you've lost a tooth. But what is she really? The Tooth Fairy is actually not really described within folklore at all, at least her appearance isn't. However, the most common thought is that she is a female Tinkerbell-style fairy who is immensely small, about the size of a large coin, who has dragonfly wings and a wand. However, another common interpretation is that she is an older, blonde woman dressed in blue who leans in through windows to fetch her prize under your pillow. I've used she to describe her gender, however, this is only 74% of the population's assumption that she is female. However, 8% think she could be either male or female, so one of the two, and 12% believe that she is completely genderless. I am using the firm belief that the Tooth Fairy is a female fairy, so I will be using she throughout this to describe her to avoid confusion throughout. Her job, though, is pretty simple. Fly about in the night to collect the baby teeth of children after they have fallen out, which, of course, is helped on by the myth of her existence, meaning parents across the world encourage their children to take part and put them neatly under their pillow for her collection. She rewards the child with a coin or some kind of goodie and collects the tooth. What she does with them past this point, we unfortunately do not know. It's never been noted in folklore what she actually does with them. There are many modern interpretations of what she does, but I won't go into them as they are not backed up. Like most Fae, they are transactional and their fee is human baby teeth. They don't ever come for adult teeth and so the interest is only in human children, but they are completely benevolent so there is nothing to worry about. Her powers are mostly size, shape-shifting and flight. She uses the former to shrink herself to fit under the pillow and then regain her still tiny size to fly off with a bag full of teeth and money. She does only work nights, so when the children cannot see her, 
However, there have not been any reported sightings of the Tooth Fairy ever throughout history, so she does a very good job of hiding herself away too. It is believed that there is only one solid Tooth Fairy, and that she is either replaced every few hundred years, or that the original is still the same Tooth Fairy, working immortally for thousands and thousands of years. Although, I must say, I do like the idea of being trained as a Tooth Fairy, ready to take over when the existing one retires. The joy of this is that because she's never been seen, we'll never know who the original is. We also don't know very much about the Tooth Fairy population because of this, including how they might die. Although, with most fairy myths like these, they die off when you stop believing in them. But we don't know if this applies to this specific fairy, like the Tooth Fairy. We also don't know how they eat or die or reproduce, but we do know that they are of absolutely no risk to people. They are transactional in the sense of you give them a tooth, they give you cash, but they never come out unless you have that tooth for them, and they don't even keep it against you if you decide to keep your tooth. That's just generally who they are. They are very, very benevolent. Now, for etymology though, I'm not really sure what to say for this one. It's very literal in English, but they do have some other names in different languages, but they all translate to Tooth Fairy. And there are some cultures within Europe and Asia that have a completely different version of this myth, with different names that won't make any sense yet, so I'll get to those later. But the English etymology is incredibly boring. For history, we'll talk about some of the typical Western Tooth Fairies first, and then we'll delve into some of these location-specific versions. But surprisingly, this myth goes all the way back to the Viking era in Scandinavia, and if you've been listening for a while, you'll know what the Edda is. It is one of the oldest texts known to man, written in the 12th century with all of the Viking and Scandinavian myths within it. Well, the Tooth Fairy herself is not mentioned, but the tradition of Tand Fei or Tooth Fee was. This was a monetary payment given to a child for the loss of their first tooth as a celebration and kind of a reward, but this tooth was given to Vikings for battle, as it was believed that children's articles such as teeth and clothes were really good luck, and they were of course strung around their necks like some kind of horror movie character. This changed through to the Middle Ages up to around 1500, which is generally when the wider religion started to take hold of Europe, and old pagan traditions such as the Norse ones started to lose their impact on society. In England, children were forced to burn their teeth, as it would save them from hardship in the afterlife. If they didn't, they would spend eternity trying to search for them. Unfortunately, Following this, in the 1500s, the witch hunting era followed and it was believed that a witch having part of your disposable body, such as nails, teeth, hair, gave her power over you, and children were encouraged to still burn them or bury them. Although, the one exception to that was you could leave them for the rats to eat them, because they were seen as having really great gnashes, and it was good luck for your teeth growing in if the rats got to eat them. But you must be thinking at this point, Erin, you have not mentioned the Tooth Fairy properly yet. You've just mentioned all of these Tooth Fairy-like traditions. 
And that's because there never was any mention of the Tooth Fairy up until this point. And the Fae were massively believed in within Europe at the time. So it's really surprising and interesting that it took so long for people to personify a Tooth Fairy into an actual Fae. Because it wasn't until 1908 when an American newspaper, the Chicago Tribune, actually declared the Tooth Fairy to be in existence. And I've got a little extract for you. Tooth Fairy. Many a refractory child will allow a loose tooth to be removed if he knows about the Tooth Fairy. If he takes his little tooth and puts it under the pillow when he goes to bed, the Tooth Fairy will come in the night and take it away, and in its place will leave some little gift. From that point on, this spread across the Western world like wildfire, and the myth was born. So technically, whilst the roots are within Europe and the Vikings, the myth itself was made in the US, which in itself is quite rare. Now, let's talk about other countries. Some of them had the Tooth Fairy myth, but not with a Tooth Fairy. And the most common difference is a little mouse instead. For example, in Italy, it's Fatina de Dente, or Tooth Fairy, and he's a little mouse called Topolino who represents Saint Apollonia, the patron saint of dentistry. In France and Belgium, there is La Petitroie, or Little Mouse, who collects the teeth, and in Scotland, there is a white fairy rat who collects them too. In Catalonia, there's Isangelets, or Little Angels. In Basque Country, there is Maritila Tukawa, or Mary from the Roof, who catches teeth from children when they are thrown. In Cantabria, there's a tooth squirrel called Le Esquilu de los Dientes, and he runs around and collects children's teeth that have been carelessly discarded. But considering that these are all Spanish, it's actually quite interesting to see the difference region by region. But in mainland Spain, and across Latin America as well, there is El Raton Perez, who collects teeth for cash, and he has his own popular story about him and the King of Spain from the early 1900s. I really recommend having a look at it. You can just pop in El Raton Perez. Heading over to Asia, in Japan, upper teeth must be thrown into the ground and lower teeth up in the air to encourage new teeth to grow in straight. In Korea, they would throw them onto roofs for good luck to be caught by a magpie which comes from the word for magpie in Korean, kachi, which sounds like new teeth, and they are messengers between the gods and humans within their mythology, and so they are very much treated as revered subjects. In the Philippines, the child would hide the tooth and make a wish. If they found it again in a year's time, they could then make another. In Nepal, children will bury their teeth to hide them from the birds, as they believe that if a bird ate it, a new tooth would not grow in and replace it. And lastly, within Asia, in Pakistan, you would wrap up the tooth in cotton and throw it down the river at sunset for good luck. Over to the Middle East, and you would throw your teeth up to the sky, to the sun, or to Allah. In Turkey, you would bury them where they wanted their child to work and be successful. So, for example, someone would bury them in a football field for the hope of a footballing child. And lastly, heading over to Africa, in Mali, children throw their baby teeth into a chicken coop and they get new chickens the next day. And in ancient Egypt, 
they would throw their teeth to the sun and shout, Shiny sun, shiny sun, take this buffalo's tooth and bring me a bride's tooth. And Ra would give them a new one in response. All lovely traditions from across the world. But none of them exclusively naming a tooth fairy, just having something that is remarkably similar. This, though, does explain that the reward is often different. So let's talk about tooth valuations, something you probably never expected to come out of my mouth. Of course, it differs per country and per family's economic status, but on average, if we're taking an American child, they would on average get $3.70 per tooth, and only 8% of children get a $5 bill, and 3% get a dollar coin or less. There is someone tracking this data in a dental insurance company called Delta Dental in the US, who tracked the change from 1998, where the price was $1.30 per tooth, and has now gone up to $6.23 in 2023. So it does rise with inflation, which is pretty wild to think about. Important note here, if you have young kids listening, please send them off to come back a bit later for this part, because we need to talk about parents and lying. It's called paternalistic deception, and it's what we adults and parents do for our kids with Santa, the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy, where we actually perpetuate myths for these children. The Tooth Fairy is commonly used to comfort a child who has just lost a tooth, as it is painful and it's probably quite traumatic, and to assure that the child is still a child at that point. They're not an adult. On average, most of the ruses are up by around age 8 or 9, but parents also use this myth to make sure that their kids are looking after their teeth, telling them that a perfect tooth gets more value than a decayed one, from, I will say my valuation data is false, but a nice thought nonetheless. But the tooth fairy is also still used as a saying for naive and too trusting adults. For example, who do you think brought this, the tooth fairy? This, of course, can be interchangeably switched with the Easter Bunny and Santa Claus, but she's still generally talked about by adults within vocabulary, just not in the same way that we'd usually expect from a childhood icon and sweetheart that we all know and love. Now, lastly, let's get on to our mythical comparisons. Of course, this week it's pretty easy. We have Santa and the Easter Bunny being those really common parental lie monsters that we use to comfort or surprise our children. But she is also a fairy. And whilst we can't compare her to the fickle fae of European folklore due to her humble and kind giving nature, it's interesting that she still has this connection to children and looks like what fairies stereotypically look like in the media and when we think of fairies just like Tinkerbell. Speaking of which, let's move on to modern media. We have a few bits on the Tooth Fairy this week, and these are all directly relating to her. For art, there are a few bits of classic art around the Tooth Fairy, but none of them are official kind of portraits or anything that would be considered a famous piece of art, so I'd recommend having a look at independent stuff this week for some really lovely adaptations of this fairy, but do be conscious that there are some scary adaptations around too if you're looking with kids, especially the very literal meaning of tooth fairy. I promise you it's not worth the nightmares. But swiftly moving on to movies, 
we have Rise of the Guardians, Ernest S. Celestine, Return the Tooth Fairy, Game Plan, Don't Be Afraid of the Dark, Tooth Fairy, Tooth Fairy 2, Hellboy 2, The Golden Army, The Tooth Fairy, The Santa Claus, Toothless, Transformers, and Darkness Falls. For TV, we have The Irregulars, Futurama, This Is Us, The Twilight Zone, Bewitched, Third Rock from the Sun, Supernatural, Frasier, Johnny Bravo, The Fairly Odd Parents, Legend Quest, The Smurfs, Paw Patrol, Robot Chicken, Family Guy, Seven Little Monsters, Martha Speaks, South Park, SpongeBob SquarePants, Work Out Wombats, Teen Titans Go, Peppa Pig, The Ren and Stimpy Show, Fanboy and Chum Chum, Big City Greens, Tales of the Tooth Fairies, and Archie's Weird Mysteries. In video games, we actually only have a few, which is very surprising. Reverse 1999, The Real Tooth Fairies, and RuneScape. I have two book recommendations this week. There are so many children's books about the Tooth Fairy, but one to have a look at with your kids for a more fun look at the Fae. It's A Natural History of Fairies by Emily Hawkins. But for our older listeners, have a look at Fairies, Elves and Goblins, The Old Stories and Fairy Tales by Rosalind Curvin, which I always suggest for fairy myths. It's a very good book. But now it's time for Do I Think They Existed? If you're listening with children, it's probably best to get them out of the room before I give you my actual thoughts on this. I don't want to be responsible for any dreams being crushed. It is your job to break that news, not mine. Well, I hate to say it, but it's a solid no. Mainly because, duh, I grew up putting my fallen teeth under the pillow like every other European child did, I am sure. But did we grow up and believe that the tooth fairy still existed after some point? No, because our parents admitted that they were doing it to play into folklore the whole time. I mean, who doesn't want a monetary reward when part of your literal skeleton eventually and expectedly falls out. I know I do. In fact, I lost a tooth very recently thanks to my exclusive sugar diet and it was taken out and the dentist actually gave it back to me in a Tooth Fairy themed paper bag that tells you to put it under your pillow for a Tooth Fairy reward. I thought it was very cute and my dentist, knowing that I have this podcast, thought it was very funny. Suffice to say, I did, in the name of research, sleep with it under my pillow and maybe you only get visited if it falls out naturally as it was still there in the morning rather than my single pound coin that I was hoping for. However, the myth is strong enough to still be so popular and so prevalent within culture across the world. Children do still leave their teeth under their pillow for the tooth fairy and long may that continue. I will say in my own personal experience in the 90s and noughties, I was only given a pound, but this may be because my teeth were decayed, because I'm a stereotypical Brit and have bad teeth, mainly because I don't look after them. But these kids getting five dollars, that's an insane amount of tooth valuation. I was given a quid, that was it, just saying. But what do you think? Does the tooth fairy pick up children's teeth from around the world? Let me know on Twitter, I would love to know what you think about this one. But it's a great worldwide monster to start the new season and a new year. It's one that I've been really looking forward to covering too and a monster that 
I grew up with and a whole load of other people grew up with, so it's even more satisfying to research and cover in an episode. Next week, though, we're heading over to Germany and the rest of Europe for some copycat monsters that have made their way into common vocabulary. Yes, we are looking at doppelgangers next Thursday, so be ready to point out your double. For now, though, thank you so much for listening. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed this podcast, please give it a rating on the service you are listening on. I've got the Twitter for any questions or suggestions on what monsters to cover next, and I'd really love to hear from you. The social media handles for TikTok, YouTube, Threads, and Instagram are Myth Monsters Podcast, and the Twitter is Myth Monsters Pod. But all of our content can always be found at MythMonsters.co.uk, and you can find us on Good Pods. Buy me a coffee and Patreon if you want to help me fund the podcast too. Come join the fun though, share this with your pals, they might love me as much as you do. But for now, stay spooky, and I'll see you later babes. Bye!